Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Inside Story podcast. So happy you are with us today and us meaning I have a guest in the hot seat with me today. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Natalie Reed Knutson. I first met Natalie when I was um, a part of a women's conference in Dallas, Texas uh, last year, I think it was. And as hard as that is to believe, it was already over a year ago. And I did not know Natalie. Um, The conference that I attended called Beautifully Broken was an all women's conference and it was a Christian women's conference. And it was all, um, you know, really all about us digging into our stories and kind of examining, you know, where, where were the dark shadows and where were the, where honestly was the light, right? And Natalie, we, the, the, the program was set up to um, benefit a local ministry, which was Broken Halos, which I did not know a lot about Broken Halos at that time, which Natalie is behind Broken Halos. But moreover, Natalie ended up doing a one woman show performance at that conference that literally, you guys, it blew me away. The way that Natalie is using her story in the most beautiful, um, heartbreaking and heart explosion way is, is just amazing. So I invited her on the show today because you have to know her story. And the reason why I wanted her to share her story with all of you is because we're all going to have things in our life that attempts to knock us down. And we have a choice in those moments to either let those storytelling moments define us and hold power over us. You've heard me say that over and over again, or we get the choice to use those storytelling moments as power and do something good with them in our lives. And that is exactly what Natalie is doing at Broken Halo. So welcome, Natalie. I'm so happy you're with me today. Thank you, April. And that makes my heart swell to to know you enjoyed my show because it really is my passion project now. And um, it's, it's, it's neat to be able to, to give that to people. And um, so I, I like that it resonated with you. Oh, it did. We had we had a, a a a big group of light beamers with us, and we've all talked about it since. I mean, you know, there was a big group of us that attended that conference, and you know, we we definitely had conversation about it afterwards. And what just a powerful moment it was that we were all in that room, and we got to just watch you um, do what you do. So we definitely want to share some of that with the with the audience today. But I want to. Um, kind of give a little bit of background because I think in particular your background is really important 
understanding kind of like what you're, what you were out doing in the world before <laughs> 2018, when, when life for you dramatically changed, um, a lot of it has to do with your ability to get on stage and perform a one woman show. Um, and I just think it would be fun for everyone to know a little bit, uh, behind the scenes of kind of who Natalie was before you started broken halos. Sure. So I, I got my degree in advertising from the University of North Texas, and I wanted to grow up to make funny TV commercials because I watched <laughs> TV as a kid and uh, interned at a small ad agency as a senior in college and realized agency life was not for me in mid-semester. Somehow got an a, uh, internship at ABC Radio Networks based out of Dallas, had never even thought about radio, but fell in love with it and ended up working for a uh, KRLD, which is the local news station here and the Texas Rangers radio network. So I started my career fresh out of college as Dina Palmer in the KRLD fan van. And I drive <laughs> around DFW giving away Chick-fil-A biscuits and Rangers tickets and just a really fun career. And then ended up as a marketing director for a Christian talk station. And uh, I joke that I married my stalker because my future husband began showing up at radio station remotes all around Dallas, Fort Worth. When he finally got the nerve to ask me out, he handed me a reference letter and said, call these people and I'll be in touch. Because I think you shouldn't go out with a stranger. <laughs> and so I called those people and uh, he got in touch when we started dating. And a year and a half, two years later, we were married. And oh so my gosh, I a reference letter. I love Radio that. to, I became, I started, we started having babies. I spoke to a mops group, Mothers of Preschoolers group one time, my two oldest boys, 13 months apart. So I had like a two-year-old, a three-year-old and we were sitting around the table and we were talking about diapers and how expensive they were. And I shared with some of the girls in my group, how I saved money on diapers. And they were like, what in the world? How do you do that? And it was like, you know, CVS, extra bucks and stacking, stacking promotions and all these things that I grew up learning how to coupon from my mom, but most people didn't know how to coupon. And so mm -hmm. they asked me to teach a couponing class to our, you know, little group of 100, 200 women. And they were like, oh my goodness, you need to share this with other moms. And so I started speaking to every mops, mothers and twins, early childhood, every mom's group in Dallas, Fort Worth. Every time I'd speak, People would say, oh, you need a website so you can share this with more people. And I did not want a, a website, a deals website where you're stuck at your computer all day because I like being in front of people, did not mm -hmm. want to be behind a computer. And there was one of my favorite bloggers that I used to follow to get deals and she was having a video contest and I, my background, I always made stupid videos and she was giving away a MacBook Air and it was a video contest. And I'm like, oh, I can make a fun, I made a parody video of Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm saving cash. And I'm walking through the aisles of Kroger showing how to save money. And I told myself, if I win that laptop, then I will start a blog because then I'll be on my, the go because I'll have a laptop. And so gosh darn it, I won the contest. I have this laptop. And so in 2012, I started couponcrazymommy.com and started this daily deals blog. And a producer with one of the local TV shows here stumbled upon it, invited me to start doing guest appearances. And so I went from radio where you just show up with a ponytail to TV where you had to do hair and makeup and get up at four o'clock in the morning. And it oh, was yeah. fun 
fun and it wasn't a regular gig. It was just, you know, here and there being invited. And, um, but it was kind of cool because I fell in love with just that side of media. And then my background's also musical theater. I've done all sorts of fun stage performances for years. And so I like being in front of people. I like pe making people laugh mm -hmm. and hate sitting behind a computer. So there was opportunities to, to do, you know, post deals here and there, but anytime I could be on a stage, loved it. Cause that's where I found my joy. Yeah. And that was so evident when we watched your one woman show, which, um, I definitely want to tell a little, you know, we'll get into the one woman show story sure. in just a minute. So, um, and tell more about it, but the fact that you were clearly so comfortable on stage, you had a background in radio and television. So, and you and I share that I have a background yeah. in radio and television. So I get that. And, um, you know, you were really funny. Like you are so funny. Like your humor is just like spot on. I hey, try to be my funny. Kids don't think I'm funny. Well, nobody's, I'm funny. <laughs> nobody's kids think they're funny. Like <laughs> I say that all the time to my kids. I'm like, y'all are supposed to laugh. That was funny. And they're like, it's not funny, mom. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think humor is such a, is a really beautiful skill to have because you do um, make other people feel good and you make them laugh. And you had this unbelievable ability to hold all of that performance. And you also are, you know, you sing, you have a beautiful voice. And so you were singing, you were funny, you were standing on stage and you were sharing the most heartbreaking and victorious story of your life. So in 2018, you had, you know, all of those really great things going for you. You had the husband, you had the kids, you had this coupon thing going on, that was business. Um, you were speaking all over Dallas. You were, you know, running your blog. You were- uh, I was also traveling around the country. I was a corporate trainer. I would swoop into businesses and do two-day workshops and teach executives how to have great communication presentation skills. So I'd get to leave home for a few days and stay in a hotel. And yeah, I mean, I was really having such a great time just living life. And then August and 14th, then, yeah, tell us what happened. Yeah. So tell us about had, the, and then, <laughs> and then we had just returned home from a week long vacation in Colorado. I mean, had just done some amazing fun things. And what's really cool is I'm a, I'm a hustler. I'd reached out. I was still blogging. I'd reached out to Ford and they'd given us an expedition to drive for a week in exchange for a blog post. Mm -hmm. And I asked Wayne, I'm like, Hey, well, we have a car for a week. Let's go somewhere. Okay. Let's go to Colorado. So we're going to do a road trip to Colorado. And then I start Googling and I find some expedition companies who do like four wheeling or, you know, zip lining across the world gorge or river rafting. So I reached out, I'm like, Hey, blogger from Dallas, we're going to be in Colorado. You want to do a little exchange? We do some fun things and I'll do a blog post. And this company I reached out to was like, we had been needing to update our promotional video and we were looking for a family that we could follow around and just film while they do the activities. So we did every single activity that they offered in exchange for a blog post. So that's our week. We come home on a Sunday on Tuesday morning, I, as I said, I was a corporate trainer and normally I would fly around the country, but this assignment was actually at a, a Dallas headquartered company, you know, 30 minutes away. And, and I really would work like two days out of the month. I normally was home, but by chance I was gone that afternoon, um, Tuesday, August 14th. I get home from work and I go into our bathroom and find that my husband had dropped dead of a massive heart attack. 47 years old. And I was left as a 45 year old widow with a 15 year old, almost 14 year old and a 10 year old boys. 
And yeah, our world in an instant was flipped upside down. And we pushed through those first few weeks and months. And, and I've always had an, an incredibly strong faith, grew up in a Christian home, and I've trusted God because I've always had an easy life. And I, this is my whole one woman show is about, I live this really simple story. And I used to work for women of faith before we had kids. And I would look at the speakers and the storytellers on the platform. And I wanted to be up there. I loved being on the stage. I wanted to inspire people, but who would listen to me? Because I had an easy, simple story. And every good speaker has this story of hardship, of trials they've overcome. Well, look at me. Now I had the story of hardship. And as I pushed through the first few months and weeks, weeks and months, I really never questioned God. And I was, I'd always had this really strong faith, but I'd always wondered, is it because I had an easy life? Well, mm, now, so it was tested for the first time. It was. And I could say with confidence that I still trusted God, even though I didn't understand his ways. And, and even in the way that my husband died, the fact that I wasn't home to have to go through some very traumatic experience. And I have plenty of widows in my widowettes group that have those traumatic experiences of trying to perform CPR and the ambulances and all of that, that God intentionally placed me somewhere else. Two of my boys were home all day long and did not walk in there and find him. I'm the one that has that image seared in his mind. My son, who's the most curious, just happened to spend the night at a friend's house. So every one of us was where we were supposed to be. And even in the minute I walked in and saw him, I saw the Tums and the Faison tablet and a Coca-Cola bottle on his bathroom sink. And the minute I saw that, I knew exactly because Wayne had always struggled with like indigestion problems. And mm -hmm. he would run up to the convenience store and grab a, a Coke because the carbonation would help settle the stomach. And so he just thought he was probably ha having some indigestion. There's nothing I could have done to save himself. If he really thought that he was in dire, a dire place, he would have driven himself to the ER. Mm -hmm. He dropped dead. And, and I'm thankful that he didn't suffer and struggle. And, and so God was involved even in that horrible, traumatic part of our story. We were all where we were supposed to be. And I trusted God in that. Uh, there was, in my woman show, I talk about, I taught Beth more Bible studies and she'd often referenced this if-then scenario. Like she mm -hmm. really struggled with anxiety and she would play out these really bad if-then scenarios. And I'd often reference that when I was talking to friends who struggle with anxiety because I never struggled with it, could not relate to it. Well, now I have that if-then scenario. And I still can say with confidence, even if my husband dies, then my God will take care of me. And that's just kind of how we push forward. And not to rainbows and butterflies, believe me, I had hard days of what did we miss? Wayne had a family history of heart disease. His grandmother at 43, I believe, died of a heart attack in front of him as an 11-year-old. Her dad had died of a heart attack at 39. Her brother had died of a heart attack at 41. So there was a family history of heart disease, which was why 
Wayne was very proactive in his health. He had had a checkup six weeks before. The doctor said he wished all 47-year-olds were that healthy. He worked, he drank his super beets, he ate his vegetables, all the things. But here's what I tell people now. There is a $100 test called a coronary calcium scan that if he had had that, he would probably still be alive today. So there is technology out there we didn't know about, which that's where Satan will plant that seed of, you should have done more research. Yeah. You should have done this. This is all your fault. The, the you know, the woulda, shoulda, couldas can really cause the anger and the bitterness. But God had a plan. He knew the day Wayne was born that he was going to die on August 14th. And there was nothing that could have been done to change that. And so I had peace in knowing that that's what was supposed to happen. And the fact that Wayne married me, someone who was wired the way that I am that wasn't going to end up in a fetal position in the corner, but that my kids could see, okay, we're going to encounter hardships in our life. And they've, my boys have experienced one of the hardest things in life. Sure. And I tell them that you, I remember we were sitting at church one Sunday and the pastor took a moment to talk to the youth and it was about, you know, struggles and trials and, you know, you might not make that basketball team or you might fill that class or the girl breaks your heart. And, you know, those are the teenage struggles. And on the way home from church, I was like, boys, the fact that most of your friends, like that's what they have to deal with. You have an opportunity when someone's struggling to be like, Hey, you know what? I think you're going to be okay. Cause I've been through something a lot more difficult and God's still there for me. And so I've always prayed that my boys will be more compassionate and kind and empathetic men because of what they experienced as, as children. And so that's where you can always, I, I say that God is the author of our story. There's this big movement of like, I'm going to tell my story and it's my story. I'm like, this is not my story. This is God's story, but I'm the editor of it. I get yeah. to decide how it's told. Just like any good book editor picks and chooses and refines I choose how to tell my story and I can edit it to harp on the bad things and be angry and bitter, or I can edit it to say, you know what, we went through hard things, but God is still good. And that's how I choose to edit my story. That's so powerful because, um, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing so openly your faith and how that has guided you through. I know that is very encouraging for a lot of people and maybe to some people who don't have that. That may be something that will encourage them to, to dive a little bit deeper into, because, um, you know, when you have these like down on the floor moments, literally like you're down on your knees and it's like, wow, that, you know, the, the, the breath just gets taken out of you in that moment. Um, I don't know, in my experience, again, it's just like, there has to be some reason for you to get up. You know, there has to be some reason for you to get up, for you to believe in something bigger than yourself, whatever that is for you, right? And so having that faith for you um, of knowing that there was not anything that you could have done, like there, that God had you out of the house for a reason that day and all of the things were taken care of with your kids. It's crazy that you had two two boys at home that day and, and even they didn't have to experience the worst of the worst of the worst tra trauma, um, you know, considering that they were there. So thank you for sharing that. But moreover, what you're saying there at the end about being the editor of your own story, I think this is one, well, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because I think that a lot of women get caught up in their story, assuming that their story is, um, something that happens to them and that 
they really, you know, like they can't do anything about it. Like, well, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of victim energy, a lot of, um, a lot of sadness and a lot of hard things, but it's really, like you said, I get to tell it, I get to edit how I'm going to tell my story. You know, and I work with so many women at light beamers, encouraging them to tell their story, to tell their story. And it might not be on a big stage, although I do encourage that. I love to help people find their voice on a stage, but it may not be on a big stage, but it is in, in the moments of like with your mom's groups or with, you know, you belong to a, you will get to this part. You started belonging to like a widow's group and, um, you know, having those stories in the moments of hearing from other widows and how they navigated. I know the sharing of the stories can be so healing for yourself and for other people, but you have to learn to actually share your story. You have to be willing to put it out there on the table instead of just not becoming the editor of your story and letting that story, as I said at the very beginning, letting that story have power over you. And that's what I love so much about what really continued to unfold for you is because you were such a willing participant to be the editor of your story, to accept what had been the cards that you had been dealt and to say, well, what are we going to do with it? And so what what did you do with it? I mean, we got, I know, you know, we have broken halos, which is really your, your ministry and your nonprofit of helping other women and children who have been through a similar, um, experience as you, they, they are, it's a, it's a safe haven for widows and their children, but how did you get there? How did you go from, you know, putting your life back together to deciding, oh, we're actually going to use this story in a much bigger way than just me sharing it with some moms. Right. So let me fast forward to Wayne died the day before school started, August. As we approached our first Christmas, I knew the boys and I did not want to be home around all the grief triggers. Waking up Christmas morning without him there is just an in-your-face reminder that holidays will never be the same. And I, so Wayne had been a singles pastor at a large church here in Dallas, and we had, there were probably 700 people who came to his service. And one of those girls used to be in our singles ministry, and she was an actress up in New York, and she had flown down, I hadn't seen her in 10 years. But she told me afterwards, hey, if you and the boys ever want to get away, I've got a three-bedroom apartment, I would love for y'all to come. Let me tell you this, widow's fog is a real thing. So for me to even think about planning a trick or navigating a city like New York with three boys by myself, there was no way I could do that. But I could hop on a plane. So I got us on a plane Christmas Eve. Jen was our New York City tour guide. And so we were there for a week just making memories. And that's one of the things where uh, you, you have this enormous amount of guilt as you move forward, because you feel like, oh, if I really love my husband, if I really love my dad, I wouldn't be laughing at this movie. I wouldn't be going out to dinner. I wouldn't be having fun. I should be in the fetal position crying. That's not living life. And that's not what Wayne would want for us. And so for me to be able to just go and spend some time away, away from home, but to make memories and to realize, okay, I can travel with my boys. I'm an only parent. I'm not a single parent. I'm the mm -hmm. only one. And there's a big difference between single parents and only parents and knowing that all of the weight of your, is on your shoulders. And so it really was just an opportunity to be like, okay, I think I can do this. And then interesting enough, like a year later, I took the boys to Washington DC all by myself. But ironically, Wayne's best friend, just he works for the government, just happened to be in DC the same weekend we were there. And so I wasn't totally alone. 
alone, but I still was alone. And so I was learning how to just be an only parent. I, uh, a month after that Washington DC trip, I, as a 45 year old single woman decided I probably need to start dating again and <laughs> set up an online profile and I won't even go into the backstory of I anyway there's that's a whole probably place. a whole episode of just <laughs> online part, dating part of yeah. my home show talks about finding the stalkers yeah. and the stalkers and it's one of my favorite songs that I sing um but I stumbled upon the unicorn it's called the unicorn song where I found my now husband Chell and within we met and married within seven months and part of our like dreaming of what we wanted to do was we, he, he was in the restaurant industry for 30 years, COVID shut everything down. I really, we got married June, 2020. So in the middle of a worldwide pandemic and he really, he was real handy with like doing things around the house and woodworking. And he had done so much to, he'd been divorced for five years and took this, you know, builder's grade house and just custom barn doors and concrete countertops and shiplap and board and batten, all the things. So we'd been dreaming about, you know, maybe we could like flip houses or do rental house, you know, renovate and renovate houses. And then we were going to travel around and he's, um, leadership development is his thing. He was an executive in the restaurant world and I was going to do corporate team all these, like, what are we going to do? So we get engaged and we're at his house, packing things up. He's getting ready to sell his house and move into our world. And he's in the kitchen packing things and I'm in his bathroom packing boxes of things. And let um, me back up for Wayne's celebration of life service. Uh, he, he was a huge Chris Stapleton fan and I'd used the song Broken Halos. It had just come out maybe like a month before he died. He loved Chris Stapleton so much. Like we, we listened to it playing cards with friends and he would throw the cards down and slap his chest. He sings from the soul. Like he just huge Chris Stapleton fan. So the video that I'd used for his service, I'd used the song Broken Halos and I'd put it out on social. It kind of gone viral and I'd gotten you know messages from strangers saying they want to be a better spouse, friend because of Wayne's story. And then for weeks and months, that song Broken Halos followed us everywhere. People would text me like every time I get in the car, it's on. I go in this restaurant, it's on. Like the song would follow people everywhere. Fast forward, you know, 10 months or however long, year and a half, um, and Shell and I are getting ready to get married, and I'm in his bathroom, and we've, you know, been playing Pandora, and the music was on, and the idea for a grief retreat came to me, because I thought about the trip the boys and I had taken to New York. Yeah. Yeah, we could buy a house and renovate it, but then maybe offer it to widows. And so I go into the kitchen to tell Chell the idea. And right as I'm telling him, guess which song pops on? And <laughs> Broken I said, Halos. I said, and we need to call it Broken Halos Haven. And from that moment on, we knew like, this is what God was calling us to do, to start a ministry for young widows and their kids. And so the day after we got married, we got an email. I had a realtor friend who'd been sending us listings. And I really, we were open to any property that was, was, was within like 15 to 20 minutes of DFW airport. Cause we wanted to make it accessible to anybody in the country. And she had sent us this listing for a house and um, we're in the hotel room day after we get married and I get the <laughs> listing and I'm like, Hey, we need to go look at this. And, and Shell's like today, I'm like, like now. So <laughs> grab breakfast and we drive uh, to the house. And it's so cool. Cause it's 10 minutes from our house 
in Old Town Louisville, this, this cool little area that's got this resurgence. And, and we look at this house and it actually wasn't what we wanted. And we walked through, we're like, hmm, maybe not for us. And we're, walk, we're standing on the sidewalk talking to our realtor. And then we look to the left and we see this boarded up ramshackle house right on the corner with a for sale sign. And we're like, oh, we want to look at that. So she calls the number, uh, the listing agent's number. And, and she, the agent was like, oh, you can go on in. The door's been kicked down. <laughs> so <laughs> we're walking through. It's a bright, sunny day, and it's pitch black. We all have our iPhones with flashlights, thinking we're going to find some squatters. And we walk through that, and we're like, this is the house. And so we spent the next year renovating this house that probably should have been torn down. We were able to save, like, a cut one wall and the exterior siding and the original hardwood floors. But that's kind of the metaphor for the grief process. We say yeah. that you have a reverence and regard for the things of the past, but you cannot stay there. You have to move forward with newness. And so we have this nice blending of the old and new. We had this basically brand new three bedroom, two bath, modern farmhouse, 15 minutes from DFW. And this is what I love is, so we, we had the uh, grand opening for that on the three year anniversary of Wayne's death. Two weeks after we had our first family visit us, this young widow and her three kids from New York. Mm, <laughs> it's love just it. full circle that that she had, they, somebody had posted it on some widow's Facebook group and she had found us. And so we've had widows from Wisconsin and Florida and Indiana and you know a lot of local DFW or Texas, but um, it really is accessible to anybody in the country. And it's, they stay for two days, uh, three, three nights, two two nights, three days, but here's my favorite part. They can stay for free, but if they choose, they can go on our website, brokenhaloshaven.org and create their grief getaway gift registry. I have curated all of these easy to navigate activities to do within 10 to 15 miles of the house. We are in a, such a cool location. Five, 10 miles away, we have Grandscape, which has Andretti's, you know, uh, What's it called? Race car driving. Was it race car? Yes. No. Yeah, that? like a driving track. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, laser tag. Um, All the fun restaurants. things. They can. We're two blocks from a train station where they can go up to Denton Square and get a burger and ice cream. We have a sloth experience at this. <laughs> I mean, it's just really these cool things that will empower these moms who are now parenting alone to do simple activities with their kids to really give them that step forward. Um, and, and make those memories. Like you talked about when you went, I, to, when you took the boys to New York, it was so important to make new memories, like to, you know, to, to move forward and make memories of what it would look like for just the four of you to travel without Wayne. And how important, I love that you've incorporated these experiences, you know, opportunities to have these experiences during their grief retreat. Um, because I think that's really what it's about, right? It's about moving forward and figuring out how to navigate that and feeling like, like all of like what I think storytelling does for all of us, reminding these moms that, and these children that they are not alone. Right. you know, that this exists because there's a need. And I think you sent me a stat that there are 700,000 new widows every single year, which equates to about 1.5 million children living without a parent due to death, you know, due right. to, you know, that widow situation. So, I mean, there's a lot of need out there. And so when kids and their families get to come through something like your Broken Halos Retreat, Broken Halos Haven, 
they get to really understand that this is there for a reason. It wasn't just for them. It's for the 700,000 widows and their children that are out there who are also going through something very, very similar. And the fact that it was created by a family who had also walked that very same journey. This is just the beautiful power of your story. And I said at the beginning, it was both heartbreaking because it's just heartbreaking that you've had to go through this, right? I literally, it is one of my biggest fears. Um, you know, I, I think about it all the time with, I've been married to my husband 24 years. We've been together 30 and, um, we have two children, you know, we've built our life like you, I feel like, you know, we've just, we're so blessed. And, you know, I think about this sometimes like these, what if, what was the one, like, if then, then this happens, right. Yeah. Those scenarios do go through my brain. Um, and it's like, man, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I think that would be something that would totally <laughs> take me down to my knees for sure. As it does, as it would anyone. Um, but it's so also heart exploding because not only did you find love again, and you've been able to go on and find companionship and love, but you've also, you're navigated this journey with your boys and you're able to give out, pour out to so many people as a result of this lived experience that you were on called your story. And it's just so beautiful that you're using it that way. What I love about, so my one woman show really was written at four o'clock in the morning, about a month after Wayne died. It was one of those I can't sleep. I need to get out and process my words. I've, you know, my degrees in advertising copywriting. So I was always really good at like a 30 second, you know, radio, (laughs) not pouring out my heart. Not a two hour, one woman show. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I, I really just, I had so much that I wanted to say, and this is what's so cool where, you know, God is always in the details for probably three or four years before Wayne died, I'd been a part of a gateway is a huge church here in Dallas. And they have Mm -hmm. a gateway performing arts ministry. And I've been taking this advanced musical theater class, which you're in front of, you know, 10 of your peers, you're given a genre, you sing a song and you get immediate feedback. Like I'd rather be in front of a thousand people than 10 really good singers who are listening for every little thing. But it was so great. It just, I was kind of getting better at my craft and learning these songs. But here's what's so cool is these songs that I had been performing in class for a few years leading up to this four o'clock in the morning moment where I'm just like typing and all these things are just gushing out of my brain. These songs that I knew from musicals, I rewrote them to tell my story. And that's what is unique, I think, about this presentation. I kind of hate calling it a one-woman show because it's not like I'm changing hats and costumes and props, but it's not me standing behind a lectern sharing my favorite Bible verse either. It really- No, it's such such a creative way of you sharing your story. That's why, again, why I was so taken with it and why I wanted you to come talk about it today because- it was a way that you told your story from pretty much A to Z. You, you know, I tell the story around our story arc. I mean, you definitely exemplified the true story arc of your story and the transformation that you have been through and what truly what God is doing in you and in, you know, the ministry that you're leading today. And, you know, just like this message, this overarching message um, that you're sending to other people through your show of, what you said earlier, like we get to be the editors of our story and you made a choice 
You know, you're not still crumpled up in the fetal position. You aren't the, you know, the victim of, you know, being a widow, you know, you are using this in such a powerful, positive, beautiful way, sharing your story in such a creative way to um, not only entertain people, because it is very entertaining, like you're so funny, you know, and it's just so entertaining. Like we're literally laughing and then we're crying, you know, because we're crying right along with you. I manipulate your emotions. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we'll bust out, you know, laughing with you. Um, And it's just so beautiful. So it's a very creative way that you have chosen to share your story. And I love it so much. Thank you. Well, and here's where like, I'm dying every day that I'm not able to present it to a group. Like I'm like another waste of day. And that really is where my heart is now. Like I will hop on a plane and go to Mm -hmm. any ministry and there's, I don't charge for this. I really just want to get a message of hope out to groups. And so that's where I feel like, you know, God has equipped me has given me this this story and it does I think it resonates with people and it's not just for sad widows in a room I mean Mm -hmm. really yeah no exactly yeah like this conference that I attended where I met you it was not for widows I mean it was just for you know a women's conference that's all it was it was it was a Christian women's conference I mean it, it could have been anybody you know and um but it did it did resonate i think with so many women because like i said to you just now it is a thought that crosses my mind you know it is a fear like oh like that would be devastating uh, for me to lose my husband and also i know it would be devastating for him to lose me and one day that's going to happen we know that but i don't want it to happen like to you like when it did to you at 47 years old you know um and so because there's so much life ahead. And that's what your story exemplifies is there is life ahead. You kept going. (laughs) You have found a beautiful way forward. You know, you are in love again. And how are your boys? Like, how are they navigating all of this? And where are they today? Yeah. You know, and of course, these are boys who never really <laughs> shared their emotions when we went through it. I, I made them go to a counselor when they just, you know, they would just sit there and not say a word. And, and my purpose in making them go to a counselor as teens was not so much that I knew they were going to get much out of it then, but I knew when they were maybe 20 or 30 and finally ready to really do the hard work of working through your grief, they would remember, oh, okay, I've been to a counselor I can do this. It's okay. And, and so really just to, to remove the stigma of going to a counselor, I knew they weren't, and I was, I'm just like shelling out 85 bucks a pop <laughs> for them <laughs> to sit there. But I knew I was investing in hopefully their uh-huh. future when they are ready to, to kind of get through it. So, and what's really neat is, so Chell, my new husband, spelled K-J-E-L-L, it's Norwegian, but he grew up in Idaho, pronounced Chell. He's always um, talked about how the, my boys, our boys have every right to be angry and bitter and rebellious and all the things. And they're not. And I, and I think that's because Wayne was an incredible father and just poured into them and they're just good kids to begin with. So I'm so thankful for that, but they really do. I mean, they've respected Shell. And one of the reasons why Shell and I got married so quickly is my oldest Joshua was, I think he was a junior in high school. And I knew he would be leaving soon. And Austin's Mm -hmm. right behind him. I didn't want them to look at Chell as the guy who married my mom. I really wanted them to have as much time to see him as a stepfather, as a parent, not someone who's replacing their dad, but someone who loves them and cares for them. And so that really was kind of the impetus. And then Chell had, she was nine at the time, but a 
daughter. So who was product divorce only child. So she kind of needed to get out of her own, the world revolves around me. And so that that's been the most, shall I say, fun, <laughs> challenging, <laughs> merging families and all the personalities. Uh, so that's just, yeah, that's definitely living. I'm not just sitting around, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting my prayer shawl on. <laughs> no. I will say this. So one of the, when, um, when you become a widow, you get lots of cash and casseroles and books <laughs> and blankets and tissues. It's like there, and then like every good widow, I, I went through a home renovation. Like those are kind of the things everybody does. One of the books someone gave me, it was a Lisa Turkhurst book. It's not supposed to be this way. And mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Lisa talk, kind of journeys through her husband's infidelity, some, yeah. some other issues. And I never read it because I could not relate. I'm like, Wayne did not choose to leave me. He did not reject me, but I share in this, the um, one woman show yeah, 10 months after Wayne died, I actually started dating this guy who'd reached out on Facebook and three months, three weeks in we're exchanging. I love yous, which there's widows are just like emotional and raw. And it was just, you know, I was lonely. And I mean, just in my heart had been just ripped. There was an old Natalie that Wayne got to deal with for 20 years. That was like, you know, unemotional and made him work to love me. And just like all the things new Natalie was like, you know, nothing's promised, no holds barred. You let people know how you feel. And, and I had such guilt. Cause I'm like, I'm letting this guy who barely knows me, like know me more than my husband <laughs> knew me for 20 years, but yeah, grief will do that. And, and I have, I, there was a post that I put out. I use Facebook to get all my words out too. I was always like, Oh, am I oversharing or is this good for people? And people have all have said, thank you for sharing yeah of course. Us because it helps them know how to it helps it. them absolutely and i'd shared on um almost it was coming up on the one year it was my birthday and i was in the middle of dating this guy so i was all in heavenly bliss <laughs> and i knew i'd be getting the sad you know oh it's your birthday and everyone's gonna feel sad for me and i wanted to kind of just stop that and i put this post out saying i am a better person because I lost Wayne. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how people are going to take this. But I was. I was a different person. I was more open and loving and vulnerable and emotional and just mm-hmm. all the things that I should have been my whole life, but I wasn't. I was now. And I was only that way because I'd lost Wayne. And yeah. so it sounded like, like, oh, that sounds so horrible to say, but I'm like, I course I would want Wayne here and him to be in our life and my boys to have their dad but gosh God has used that and Wayne's in a much better place I mean he's not when people say Wayne's smiling down on you I'm like he is not I'm like if I'm in heaven and God makes me look down on this broken earth like that is not heaven I I think Wayne's up there doing his thing when I die I'm going to pop up next to him and he'll be like oh there you are. I mean, I, just, <laughs> I love that. I don't love that image. He's not yeah. on clouds watching everything I do. He's, he's all right. So I, this book that Lisa had given me or, or that someone had given me about, you know, I, I never read it. Um, I, this guy dumped me on the one year anniversary. And so I'm grieving again on August 14th of this loss that I'd mapped out in my head. So I, instead of worrying about my late husband. I'm like pining over this guy who dumped me, but I'd finally read this book. And this is what I love. One of the things she says, because you'll ask God, like, why, why am I having to go through hard things? And I was asking God, 
Why am I having to go through hard things again? Why is my heart broken again? I already went through this a year ago. Why, God? And one of the things she says is that someone, why do you, I mean, when you ask God, why do I go through this? Because someone would drown in their own tears if not for seeing yours. And when you give one person hope, you let them see that they are not alone. Oh, And so now as I move forward and I, I hear a lot of widows say that I give them hope and not that I'm doing anything, anything special, but they can see me and where I've come and how far I've come. And they have hope that, okay, it's hard. And I tell them like, it is hard. I warn like the six month mark for me, I cried more then than the day of. Like there, it, and you, grief is- Grief is weird that way. Yes, it's totally. So weird. Yeah, it oh, is. I get I, that totally. Yeah. I saw a frozen turkey in the grocery store and lost it. Around yeah, the- exactly. It hits you at the craziest times. The weirdest things. Yeah. But but to for, for someone to, to see like, okay, she's moved forward. You're not moving on, you're moving forward and it's okay. And so to give someone hope and for them to see my tears and I'll still, I mean, I still have my grief moments. Yes. I'm married. We're, we're having our three-year anniversary coming up in June, but gosh, two weeks ago, I had a whole grief meltdown. And that's, what's amazing about Chell is that he lets me have the space Mm -hmm. there to hold me. And so it's finding the one who can not feel like they're living in the shadow of you know, the, the rock star deceased husband, but realize and, and Wayne and Chelsea, amazing. I, you see, I called him Wayne. I do that all the time. I'll call him the wrong name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 years of saying one name. And I'm like, Oh no, it's very hard. <laughs> but what's great is that he has always said, I've learned, I've learned to know Wayne in reverse through the mm. stories that you tell, through his friends, mm-hmm. the boys. And he, he has a regard for Wayne, not a competition. And he loves me because I'm who I am because of Wayne and because of losing Wayne. And so God weaves our story. And once again, we cannot question it. And, and I've always said, if our ultimate goal on this earth is to glorify God and draw others to him, who am I to say how that's done? Because God is using the tragedy that I went through, hopefully to draw others to him. And I'm like, Wayne would want nothing more than that, that his dad, I mean, that he's had more impact dying mm-hmm. at 47 than if he had lived to be 80. And that's yeah. weird. And, and not that I would, I want my boys to have their dad here. It's not fair. You can't make sense of it, but if I could make sense of God, he wouldn't be God. Well, that's exactly right. And I think that the, our job isn't really to make sense of it. Um, our job is to figure out how to navigate and our, the best way forward is always, with a sense of purpose, um, uh, to find the beautiful in, in the broken, right. Um, you know, we are beautifully broken and to find the beautiful inside the brokenness and to move forward, um, in the light. I mean, we, there is darkness all around us and it may not even be the death of a loved one, death of a husband, but it's cancer and it's depression. And it's so many, it's a job loss and it's financial ruin. It's so many things, but chasing the light, Right. And how we get to do that is exactly what you're doing by sharing the stories so that we can shine that light for other people. I mean, Natalie, it does not get more light beamerish than this. I mean, it's just so <laughs> perfect, right? It is so perfect. So thank you so much for just what you do. Um, and thank you for seeing all of that and being willing to be used that way uh, by God. 
And I do want to share with anyone who wants to learn more about Broken Halos and all the good work that you're doing, because what I gathered is in addition to like people being able to come there and stay for free, someone like me, who I'm not a widow, I don't need the grief retreat. I could go on and choose those experiences and I could pay for those. I could like donate that way. Is that correct? Well, can we do that? Did we talk about the grief getaway? Yes. The registry. So the registry. So like, if I want to send them to that Mario Andretti driving thing, can I like donate that? Well, the widow creates her own unique. Okay. So uh, they get to pick what they want to do. And that goes to her friends and family. So like a bridal registry. Yeah. But you can go to brokenhaloshaven.org slash donate and pop over 50 bucks anytime you want. And okay, then that got it. goes towards, you know, all the operating costs. And, you know, before the widow comes, we have a, a widow's basket that's waiting with a journal and a mug and, and just, you know, that can buy laundry detergent or shampoo, all the things it takes to operate. But then our big thing coming up, we have the second property. This is what we're super excited about. So Broken Halos Haven is the grief retreat. And then the Haven is a property three blocks away that we purchased that we are going to be building a facility that is specifically for kids who've lost their parent. We have man camp that we launched last spring. Once a month, these little boys who've lost dads mm-hmm. gather together with mentor men and they learn how to do manly things from change a tire to shake a hand. To, we had Chad Hennings, former Dallas Cowboys, do a football oh, yes. and drills camp last week. We have a Green Beret teaching a shooting thing uh, next month. But we're going to have this facility for man camp and then shift, which is a weekly kids grief support group program. There's a faith-based curriculum that we use. And this, and what's cool is we're going to do like in a, a indoor two-story slide, spiral slide and a grain silo and a soft rage room. And so we have this facility that will be used specifically for kids. And then when we're not using it for our programs, we'll make it available for churches to rent out for lock-ins or moms looking for a birthday party place. And so we have this really cool fundraiser coming up the local Dallas Fort Worth on uh, April 18th we've rented out a 300 seat um, theater I'm gonna be doing my one woman show and then there's this up and coming country artist Corey Kent if you listen to country music his song Wild as Heard just went platinum it's on the top 15 countdowns this week he's touring with Jason Aldean in the fall and and um, what's amazing he's giving his time and talents because I've been good friends with his in-laws for 20 years. Like that's the only reason why we got him. So it's pretty cool that we have an opportunity to have Corey, who's just about to just skyrocket and he's coming to our uh, fundraiser. And then it's two blocks from Broken Halo. So after the performances, we're going to walk up to the house. Everyone can tour the house. Then we have food and drinks and a band out there. And so that's going to be, we're trying to raise $250,000 to build this facility. And so if your listeners can't come to Dallas, they can go on our website and, you know, donate 25 bucks. Every, every little dollar helps. Oh, I love, love, love it. I know we've got a light beamers community that loves to love on women and love on women's children. And, you know, I, I, I absolutely know that we can, we can get a little light beamer effort going over there to where we can support some of what you're doing there. So we will link up, um, the, the website brokenhaloshaven.org. Is that right? brokenhaloshaven.org. Look in the show notes or wherever you are listening to this podcast on our website, wherever it may be and get that link and go make a donation on social because we, I just posted 
the families that stay at the house will send me pictures and the, they'll share kind of what they did. And it's just, we have a secret attic hideout with like a hidden room behind a bookcase. And what's, what's crazy is I work so hard to curate all these events and things to go do. And a lot of the families just love to stay. They just love being there. The house yeah. And be at this peaceful home that's not yeah. their home. And it's just a place to come together and be together. And so yeah. all I can imagine that experience. all of that is really what it's about is just a, a retreat, like to go somewhere and be able to just have everything taken care of so that they don't have to, and they can just be together as a family and, and nurture and tend to their hearts and, and figure out their next steps. So I love it, Natalie. Thank you so much for being on the inside story podcast today. Thank you for truly, truly. I mean, this is one example for sure, where you do have a big story. Like you have the story, you know, that you didn't think you had a long time ago, uh, but it's been given to you and you are using, you're such a good steward of that story. So it's beautiful. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, April. Appreciate it. You guys share this episode out. More women need to know about um, Natalie and her work at Broken Halos Haven. So please share this episode out if you found anything about Natalie's story inspiring. And I know that you did. And um, give me a shout over on Instagram. Let me know what part of this episode you love the most and connect with Natalie there at Broken Halos Haven on Instagram. We'll link that up and we'll see you back here next week with another episode of the Inside Story Podcast. We'll see you then. Go share your story. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.